Hi, this is Regaline Sabah, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcast. My guest today is Christina Crooks. Christina is the owner, founder, and ontological coach at Empowered Human LLC. Christina is a love warrior, life architect, possibility generator, power broker, and fire walker. Welcome to the show, Christina. Why, thank you. Now I just sound so incredible. <laughs> you put it that way. I love it. Now, why don't you start off by telling us about you and where you are from? So I'm actually from California. I'm from Silicon Valley in the Bay Area, just south of San Francisco. And uh, I live now in upstate New York. We moved out here to pay down our debt and be closer to some family. We bought our house here, which was my grandfather's home. And my world happens here <laughs> online and worldwide. And we, as of last month, the company is worldwide. I've had clients in Australia and India and uh, New Zealand. So that's been exciting. Just, a, just as a gist. <laughs> Very powerful. Now, what inspired you to become an ontological coach? You know, I have always been fascinated by psychology and people. And I studied I studied a lot of psychology and, and things with organizations and, and was just kind of a perfect, not kind of, I was a professional observer of human behavior. And it's, it was one thing after another, but I had been to different retreat centers and different workshops and different things. And I was trying to put pieces together and it was a friend of a friend on Facebook that made a post about all these things. He he's in his, at the time he was in his fifties when I met him, he's 60 now and he made a post about all these things he had transformed in his life and shifted in his life and i knew i was like this man i need to know who you are and what kind of coaching you do because i knew he was a coach but i didn't know anything about ontology or ontological coaching and so i reached out to him we had a, we went on a couple hikes and I found out later he actually doesn't like hiking at all. That was fascinating. <laughs> and I, uh, I, we, I, we went on a couple hikes and then we had a, a sit down conversation. I said, I need you as my coach. I want you as my coach. How do we make that happen? I didn't care what he charged. I didn't care what it was. I was going to figure it out. And we designed a program that could work for me with where I was for 18 months and he trained me on doing that and it was it changed my life Gigi it coaching changed my life because I was working with someone that not only understood some of the traumas I had been through in my life and the things that were blind spots for me but he was so present with me all the time that I could show up in whatever I was in in my life whatever was happening and we would just go with that. I didn't have to show up a certain way. There was no posturing. There was no him trying to tell me what to do. There was none of that. It was just an inquiry of, so what do you want? Where do you want to go? Where are you now? And how do we close that gap? And when I was first training with him, I was also running and working with a friend of mine, running all the um, business development of a small special needs school. And so I was working with those kids and I was also in improv classes. So I had a very eclectic life at the time. 
and I was on my 10th year of running all the advertising for a magazine. So, and I tell you that because it gives a, a fuller picture of what was happening at the time. So I was deeply working on this stuff with him, which was about, we met once a week for an hour, but there was probably five hours worth of work that that went on and i would always have a huge list of action items that i could never complete all of them and that was my first thing to get past was perfection and i wanted to get it right and i wanted to get it perfect and the very first couple sessions we had he said look action items are not homework this is not for you to please the teacher this is not for you to get it right this is not for you to perfect this is me always pushing just a little bit outside your comfort zone and you're a high performer and you you eat this stuff up so you're gonna have a lot <laughs> <laughs> he goes i'm just trying to keep up <laughs> and i and i kind of i laughed but he was right and so i went oh my god how much do i do this in other parts of my life and i could philosophize that with him and go over it because i went this, this is showing up everywhere. And he goes, right, because how we show up one way is how we show up every way. And I went, oh my God, like how many things are repeated in different aspects of my life? And so meanwhile, my day job was going to this school, working with these high functioning autistic kids and, and bipolar and things like that. And we had to find ways, we were a strength-based program. So we had to find ways to work with these kids that we reached them and these all these kids were on ieps which are individual individual education individualized education plans <laughs> like i'll get the word right <laughs> and um they you know they had different they all had different things that were very specific of of the needs we had to meet for them based on the state of california but these kids they were not they were not kids you needed to fit into a box i mean I, i'm of the i'm of the belief that no kid is However, these kids in particular had been tried, they had tried to force these kids in boxes so many times that all these behaviors would come out because no one really saw them. So we would find ways to reach them, to reach these goals for the state while still seeing the child in front of us rather than just these IEPs. And most schools didn't do that. Most schools were just like, how do we meet these goals? How do we get this done? And how do we fit them into, into the box they're expected to fit, fit in? And we didn't. And Meanwhile, I was in these improv classes. We had a student come in, he was about eight years old and he wouldn't speak. He had selective mutism. So he'd be talking to his mom as he came in the gates. But then when we talked to him, he would not say anything. So I would talk to him in numbers and I would go like pointing to the swing set. One, two, <laughs> three, four. Like, do you, do you wanna go sit and have lunch or do you wanna go to the playground? And we would talk that way for about a week. And then he just started talking because I could find a way to connect with him. And there was no, there was, we were free from that bureaucracy where we had to do it a certain way and do it in a way that worked for us where we still met the goals. And meanwhile, I'm training as a coach and working with adults and realizing this shows up for adults too. Like there's so many times we're trying to fit into culture or fit into a society that doesn't work for us. And we're told it has to go a certain way and it's not working and we feel it, but we can't seem to unhook from that. And so I was, I was practicing this in these two very different ways, one in the school and one with one-on-one -on -one clients and my coach personally. So it was like very layered. And, and then I was in these improv classes that was just playing with these topics all the time. For example, we, we played a game where we had 
playing cards and we had to take an emotion like anger and we had to start at uh, uh, whatever number we got. So if we got a four, start at a four level of anger and then go up from there and they would count. And every time they counted, we'd go up another level. And it was so fascinating. So I had all these different angles that I was approaching personal growth and self-improvement. And it was just life-changing. That is absolutely inspiring. Thank you for sharing that with us, Christina. Now, can you tell us more about your company, Empowered Human LLC? Yeah, Empowered Human, it was originally Aristobio. So Empowered Human has been a vision of mine for seven years. It's now been an official LLC for two years and I've been coaching for four. Before it was an LLC, it was Aristobio and Aristo means excellent and bio means life. But I spent so much time explaining what Aristobio meant that I wanted to just get to the coaching. <laughs> and, and the one thing I didn't say about ontology is ontology is about our relationship to the world around us, which is why it was so beautiful that I had all these different aspects. And I was also building a spiritual program for myself and in a spiritual center. And I was in all kinds of classes and trying out this work I was doing in all these different groups and communities and areas. So being an ontologist, my main goal is to look at how people are relating to the world around them, how they're relating to concepts, how they're relating to their relationships, how their, how their language is, and we distinguish language. So what comes up for you when you, for, for example, a good one is the word tour. If you're talking about a music tour, it's a fun, playful thing. And that's where most people's minds go. But if you're talking about the military, a tour could mean war. A tour could mean you might not come home. And so in those different communities, it has a very different set of meaning and values associated with it. And so when we can look at words and distinguish what it means to us and how it's landing for other people, we, we can shift our world. And if you start making declarations of I am this or I am that, you're now writing your future. You're designing your future by the words that fly out of your mouth. So if the words that come out are inspiring and powerful and lived, you create a very different life than if you're speaking all the time about the past as though it's your present, you're now writing your future to reflect your past. So Empowered Human is a vision, is a dream, is a company that will have multiple, it will have live events, it will have one-on-one -on -one coaching. It will have trained professionals that can earn CEU units. It is. It has programs that will be all based in ontology. And we have small ones now. We have the creative leadership circles that happen on Wednesdays and Thursdays for an hour. And that's hot seat group coaching. And I do my one-on-one -on -one coaching with clients. And then the next step is to have a more in-depth monthly program that's at the VIP level for people to have more time with us and our team. I love it. Now, tell us more about the major challenge that you had to overcome in your life. So many. <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> uh, I think a couple of the highlight reels are, one is anger. I, I had to change my relationship to anger. And anger, I learned a lot through anger and being able to be with that and being able to allow myself to be in it. I Something I've been working on distinguishing more recently has been toxic positivity, 
where if you're sharing something or you're frustrated or you're upset or you're or you're down and you need to be with that and you want a friend to be with you with that and just hold space for you, it's not it's not healthy to minimize it by saying, well, just just have good vibes. Just it's okay. Just let it go. Just move on. And and that can minimize how the person is feeling. And that happened to me a lot because most of the time I'm a pretty cheerful, pretty bubbly person. But there was, were things in my past that there was only a handful of people I could talk to talk to about it because one, I would either need to then clean up their emotion because they would feel bad or they would pity me or they would, they would be so uncomfortable they'd want to bring it back to positivity. And I didn't want to be positive. I wanted to be pissed off. <laughs> I wanted to be mad or upset. So that, that was a big one is transforming my relationship to anger. The other one is being able to stand fully in who I am and who I am is many layers. I can be serious and I can, I can stand with you in what you're in. I can be with you there. And I can also be really playful and really silly and do reels on music videos. And, and for no particular reason, I can be goofy. I can, I can operate at many different speeds and in many different lanes. And I didn't always stand there publicly. And I do now because now it's not up to me how you, how, how somebody perceives that. What is up to me is take responsibility for how I show up. And if I'm impacting someone in a, in a way that I is not in line with my values, then I need to look at that. It's up to me to look at that and, and find out what's going on and, and why I'm coming off that way and align, realign if I need to, or realign my circle if I need to. And I'm not for everyone, but, um, yeah. So I would say that the two things I've really had to overcome was my relationship with anger, my letting go of my past and letting it not dictate my future. So adjusting my language to be speaking into my future in a way that honors the past and doesn't minimize things that happened or ignore them, but it can speak to it in a way that's powerful and I'm moving forward. That's what happened then. This is who I am now. And this is where I'm going. I love it. This is who I am now. And this is where I'm going. Very inspiring. Thank you for sharing that. Now tell us more about an aha moment that you experience in your life journey. <laughs> I feel like I have aha moments every day. <laughs> uh, let's see. Aha moments. A big aha moment was when I walked on fire four years ago, five, four years ago. And it was in downtown Denver for a women's event called Emerging Women Live. And they had this firewalk set up in downtown Denver. And I was one of the volunteers. There was, I think like 20 or 25 of us. And we each had a, a large group ranging from 20 to 40 people. It was all women. And I think there were four men at the conference, <laughs> a whole, a whole four men there to like support the women that they were there with. And, um, and there were, I think it was around 250 women that signed up to do the fire walk out of 450 that were there. And I, I got down to, I'm jumping up and down and pumping the energy, getting everyone excited. Like, let's go, let's go. We're going to walk on fire. We're going to do this. Knowing in the back of my head, I'm not going to walk on fire, but y'all are going to work, walk on fire. I'm just going to walk around the circle and cheer you on. And we had drums going that were like elevating it and people were chanting. 
they were chanting, um, earth, my fire, water, or earth, my body, water, my blood, air, my breath, and fire, my spirit, over and over and over for a good 20 minutes before the coals were ready. And I, I had a couple of the volunteers come over to me and they were like, we're going to do it. You're going to do it. Right. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> hard. No. And they're like, come on, come on. So I walked around a couple of times and I was like, wow, I'm really scared to do this. Like, what if I burn my feet? What if I fall down and my clothes light on fire? Like, what if, what if I just burst in the flames? What if, oh my God, like, no. And I'm like, this is hilarious. But meanwhile, I had just started, I think I had, no, this was before my coach. This was before I found my coach, just before, about six months before and maybe eight. And, uh, and I was like, okay, you know what? No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to just do this. And so we did it. And I remember standing there at the beginning of the firewalk thinking, nope, nope, I can back out now. It's fine. I don't have to do this. Peer pressure. Like, I don't need the peer pressure. Totally fine. I can back away. And I was like, do it. Like a little, a little whisper went, do it. And so I did. And the whole way I was like, this is amazing. This is awesome. How many times in life do we freak ourselves out? so much before we do the thing. And the, I have a phrase for it now. Now it's courage is fear walking. And I realized that even though I didn't have that language then, that's what was happening. I was building courage because when I did that, that's when I realized you can do anything if you're willing. Doesn't mean that you won't fall down. Doesn't mean that you won't make mistakes. It doesn't promise that you'll be successful. What it does do is promise that you build the muscle of courage. So that was, that was an, uh, I forget the question, but that was, yes. An aha. Yes, an aha moment. So, so that was one. And then uh, I've, had, I've had so many. Um, my, my sister battles addiction and she had a baby five, four years ago. I think she's about to turn five in September and no, she's going to turn six. She's going to turn six. She was born in 2012 and it was really difficult for me to, to know that she had a baby when she was using heroin and that baby had to detox and go through that for six weeks. And I was really angry. And that was part of the catalyst for me really processing my anger and she was adopted and I got to meet her when she was two. And I had kept my distance because I knew she was going to be adopted because my sister was still using. And I wasn't in a position to, to take her. And I didn't want her that close to my sister. I wanted her to be insulated from that life. And I knew if I was raising her, my sister would always be trying to knock down the door. So I wanted her to be safe. And I didn't want to get attached knowing that she was going to be adopted. And when she, when the adoption was finalized, I, the woman reached out to me and said she wanted me to be in her life. And I was beside myself with joy that she would offer that. And so I met her, I met their whole family and I got to meet her and it was, it was a God moment. It was a God moment where I was just so in love with this little being that felt like my blood and she was safe. So I can feel the emotion now. And the, 
the depth of the connection was immediate. And I was just so grateful that she was safe. And the aha moment was even though she'd gone through everything she did, she was already an inspiration to me. Here was this baby that had gone all the way through term in that kind of environment and fought to live. And she was, I know from working in the school, what healthy attachment looks like. And she was, at one point she was running off into the woods because they were camping. And I went, oh God, she's so quick. And she was, and then she turns around, she's got her back to me and she turns around and she's like, <laughs> and then takes off again. And I, I know that that's healthy attachment. She feels safe enough to know that the people that she loves and care for her are, will be there, that she felt okay to take off. And I wasn't that kid. I wouldn't stray far because I was so worried. My mother had battled addiction also. I was so afraid that something would happen to her. I wouldn't stray far on purpose. And I remember thinking that since I was four. So here was this little girl that comes from our line and she is safe and she's healthy and she has a family that adores her and can handle anything that may come up from how she was brought into this world. And it was an aha moment of things can work themselves out if you believe that they will. And, and I did, and I believed that she was in good hands. I believed she would be safe. And I trusted in the faith of knowing that she'd be okay. And she is, and she's thriving and she's healthy and she's solid in her attachments. And it was, it was definitely an aha moment in trust and surrender and faith. Amen. Faith truly matters and surrendering truly matters. Thank you for sharing that. Now, Christina, what is your best advice to the for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Walking with purpose to me is intentionality and being, an in, being intentional with everything you say, with every step you take. And that doesn't mean perfection. It means intentional. And when you have something that you need to clean up or something where you maybe made a misstep that's not in line with your values, or you said something a way that maybe you were emotionally compromised in that moment, you're aware enough to clean it up and go, hey, this, this, this isn't who I want to be. And I'm sorry. I, I love you. I hope you'll forgive me. And I follow the, um, I follow the Ho'oponopono prayer often, which is, thank you. I love you. Forgive me. I'm sorry. It's actually, I'm sorry, forgive me, thank you, I love you. And yes. that's, and, and I don't say it just like that. I don't say it just, you know, one after another, but it's in my being, in, in who I am. So if there is something I need to clean up, that's usually the process that I follow. And so walking with, it's walking with purpose, right? That's right. Yeah. So walking with purpose to me is, is getting really, going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into you so that you stand your sacred ground in who you are and not who you think you should be or what other people think you should be so that you're standing in and you're acting from inspiration rather than obligation amen wow very powerful Christina, thank you for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Now, where can the audience find you? They can find me in many places, but uh, 
You can find me mainly, most of the uh, connections you'll find will be on christinacrooks.com. So at the bottom of that website, you'll see all the links for the different social media, except Clubhouse, which I don't know if it has a link yet. But <laughs> yep, christinacrooks.com. You can find me on Facebook just under my name. You can find me on Instagram under Empowered Human Global. You can find me on Clubhouse under Christina Crooks or Empowered Human. And uh, Empowered Human, our, our goal is to be the Disney of personal growth. So it's, it's a go-to for people to live a life they've designed, to live a life with purpose, to live a life that's intentional, that is something they've created. So they're the architect of everything around you. I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Christina on all of her social media sites and also at christinacrooks.com. Again, thank you for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Thank you, Gigi. Thanks for having me.